Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Come on, bless him. Come on, honor him. Come on, exalt him. Hallelujah. Come on, bless him. Come on, bless him. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. Remain standing in the sanctuary, you who have Bibles, and everyone stand. And let's go to the book of 1 Peter once again. 1 Peter, thank you, Lord, chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we shall begin reading at verse number 9 and conclude at verse number 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. And verse number 10. Thank you, Lord. And once again, if you need prayer, please call Refuge Temple. 336-570-3664. First Peter chapter number 2, verse number 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk to you again from the subject, identity check, identity check. And the question that we are asking is, do you know who you are? Just look across the aisle and ask somebody, do you know who you are? Hallelujah. Do you know who you are? I am forced to believe that the church is and has been for a while experiencing an identity crisis. We have rapidly and are still rapidly losing our sense of ourselves. I grew up in what would be best described as a Pentecostal traditional environment. And many of you who are watching and many of you who are here have lived that environment. Very traditional. And the traditional Pentecostal church had a slant that was sometimes filled with traditions. You know, Brandon, when I got dressed this morning, I, I, I said, you know, years ago, I couldn't preach on Sunday morning dressed like this. Come on, somebody. No necktie, come on somebody. Plaid jacket, y'all ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah, but I did wear black and white. Come on somebody. So I guess that is our tradition. I did wear black and white. But, but, but because we had such a tradition, you, you never went to church, ladies, with your toes or your heels out. Come on somebody. You never went to church without a certain level of attire because that was an important part of our culture. And, um, but, but under the tradition, there was a spiritual identity. There was a mindset that if you 
were saved, if you were baptized in Jesus' name, if you were filled with the Holy Ghost, there had to be something different about you. Hallelujah. It, 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 and there had, you couldn't be like everybody else. You couldn't walk like everybody else. You couldn't talk like everybody else. You couldn't wear your hair like everybody else because we were taught that people who were born again were by nature and design different. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. And some of it was buried in tradition, but under the tradition, we were a spirit-filled, spirit-led, consecrated people. It wasn't the clothes that made us holy. It wasn't the outer appearance that made us sanctified. But underneath, praise our God, the black and white was a prayer life. Come on, somebody. Underneath the black and white was consecration. Underneath, oh God, the attire for this service or that service was something that was connected to God. We were a praying, interceding people. I remember very vividly arriving at church. And the moment I got out of the car in the parking lot, I could hear the prayers of the saints coming out of the sanctuary. Oh, hallelujah. You could hear the sound of prayer. You didn't have to walk in and hear folk mumbling, but there was somebody in the church calling on the Lord. Whether it was 5, 10, 50, or 300, there was somebody in the house of God reaching out, calling on God, beseeching the presence of God. We were people who worshiped God. Oh, hallelujah. And, 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 and and, and we have a beautiful praise team, and I thank God they harmonize, and they rehearse, and they practice. But I remember devotional service. Come on, somebody, with two missionaries and a tambourine. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, God, don't know if they were singing in A, F, or Q. Oh, God, but they would sing, and everybody would clap their hands. Come on, somebody. Nobody sat. The children would praise God. The adults would praise God. The seniors would clap their hands. And everybody got engaged in the worship because not only were we praying people, but we were people that knew how to praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We were not ashamed to be identified with Jesus Christ. Anybody here came to praise God today? I wish you would just open your mouth. I'll give you a second to open your mouth. Okay, that sounds cute, but I need somebody that came to praise. Come on, came to praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, to give God the glory. We were not ashamed to be identified with Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I remember being called a holy roller. Come on, somebody. I remember being, being told, oh, you go to that holy and sanctified church. I, because people didn't know how to say apostolic back then. Come on, somebody. They said, apple what? Apple. They, they didn't know how to say that. And so they just say they were holy and sanctified people. But there was an identity. And, and what was beautiful about that time was that we were not ashamed of our identity. Come on, somebody. We would boldly declare, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I speak in tongues. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I live holy. I gave up the things of the world just so I could be identified with Jesus Christ. Oh, God, this is not how I've always been, but because I've been washed in the blood, I put away some things that were not like God. I gave up. Oh, God, we had folk in church that were crackheads, but the Lord saved them, and they put the pipe down. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I've been in church with folk that smoked three and four packs a day, but when the Lord saved them, they put down 
down and cut up their own cigarettes. I've seen people pour their liquor down the sink because there was a change in them and they had to be identified. And their friends laughed at them and said, in a couple of weeks, you'll be back here on the corner with us. But it's been 30 years and they're still living for God. Because if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Now, all of you folks that always been good and never did anything wrong, don't say nothing. But if you know you were a straight up sinner, but the Lord delivered you, I need you to give God the glory for the transformation that has taken place in your life. Oh, God. He He transformed me. He changed me. He did something in my life. Oh, God. When was the last time you celebrated the transformation? Oh, God. When was the last time you celebrated the transformation? And even if you've been living this life for 30 years, every now and then, you ought to look back to the hole of the pit from whence you were dug. The rock from whence you were hewn. People look at you now and they don't remember what you used to be because you've been this way for so many years. But you remember where the Lord brought you from. And every time I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Somebody just open your mouth and just shout hallelujah. We were not ashamed to be identified with Jesus Christ. But in an attempt to be true to our biblical mandate, we challenged our traditions. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I challenged our traditions because I started opening my Bible. And when I started reading the Bible, some of the stuff that our leaders insisted that we do was not always in the Bible. Okay, y'all can get mad at me. It'd be a good time to click me off right now. Some of the stuff that they told us to do, we could not find chapter and verse in the Bible. And so we started to, praise our God, dismantle. And then we started to see that our traditions had become barriers. There's nothing wrong with having a tradition as long as that tradition doesn't become a barrier that keeps other people from Christ. Come on, somebody. A haircut should not be a barrier that keeps somebody from Jesus. Come on, somebody. Whether or not you wear hose or don't wear hose to church shouldn't be a barrier to keep somebody from Jesus. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, God, whether or not, praise our God, you happen to show up at this time or that time shouldn't be a barrier that keeps people from, from Jesus. Colors shouldn't be a barrier. God saves folks, oh, God, in pink like he saves them in black and white. God saves people in green like he saves them in black and white. So we can't let tradition become a barrier to keep people away from Jesus. But here's my dilemma. As we challenge traditions and as traditions faded, we also started to lose our biblical principles. Now, you can get rid of the tradition, but you can't get rid of the scripture. And the problem is that when people started challenging traditions, they started challenging scriptures. Come on, somebody. So when we told them, well, it's okay if you wear jeans to church on Sunday, they thought it was okay that I shack up with my girlfriend. Mm, okay, say amen right now. Come on, come on, go with me. When, when, when we told them 
that you didn't have to have your toes and heels in. Some folk went to the extreme and said, I'm going to be a lesbian missionary. Come on, somebody. And, and, and that doesn't fit the scripture. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going to be a homosexual preacher. I'm going to be somebody that worships in a number of forms. And so we have to be very careful that as we attack traditions, we don't attack the word because the grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God will stand forever. And guess what? This might upset you, but I'm going to say it anyhow. What was sin yesterday is sin today. Come on. Okay. 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 Get quiet. Get quiet. Holler right now. Holler now. What was wrong yesterday? Oh, God, is still wrong today. If it was wrong to lie yesterday, guess what baby? It's still wrong to lie today. There's no lies of convenience or a white lie. If it was ungodly before, it is ungodly now. Oh God, you can throw away the tradition, but you can't throw away the veracity of the word of God. Because, let me just say this. What we have done, if y'all would let me be so bold, is that we have preserved the external of our power. But we've thrown away the essence of our power. And the essence of the power of the believer is your connection with Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, as your pastor and as your friend, hallelujah, God doesn't connect with everything and anything. Even if we do, God doesn't connect with anything and everything. How you know, Pastor? Because God won't put his glory on just anything. Hallelujah. God won't put his glory on just anybody. And so as we threw away our biblical principles, we also threw away the anointing. So we're dancing, but is the anointing in our midst? We're running, but is the anointing in our midst? We're going through the actions of worship, but is the anointing in our midst. And everything that's noisy is not anointed. Lord, help me preach this. I'm going to say it again. Everything that's noisy is not anointed. Because when the anointing is real, it doesn't always have to have noise. Mm, mm, mm. You can just whisper Jesus. And he'll show up. Hey, God, you can just think Jesus and he'll show up. Oh, God, if sometimes if you're anointed, you can't always speak out, but you can just raise your hand and something will happen while your hand is being raised. Oh, God, because, yes, God says the word does say make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but sometimes he shows up in the still, small voice. And it's him. Come on, somebody. It's him. But there has to be a connection between our commitment, our consecration, and the power of God that operates in our midst. When the church is consecrated, and, and anybody here besides me had the Lord talk to you in the last seven months about your personal consecration? I haven't talked to anybody about that. He told me, Brandon, when September started to leave and October was coming, he said, in October, I want you to get up every morning and do 630 prayer. And, and, and I'm going to be honest, I don't know if that was so much about the folk that are watching me at 630 or about the Lord wanting me to get up and start praying at 630. Come on, somebody. 
Because on, on October 1st, I'm going to confess, I was disobedient. I laid in that bed. I rolled over. I said, you know what? I, I, I don't know if the Lord, that was the Lord. But he whooped me so bad, oh my God, that I said, Lord, if you let me live until 6.30, oh God, on the 2nd, I will be up and I'll be praying. Come on, somebody. And I still, and people are watching and people are enjoying it, and I still don't know, was that about them or about me? Come on, somebody. Because in this season, God is looking for folk that will make sacrifices just to be in the presence of God. Can I tell you something? Oh God, what we do that's routine, oh God, God doesn't honor. God needs somebody to do something out of the norm get out of your bed turn your plate down oh turn off the television come off the surfing of the net for a little while and spend some time oh my god with me because something happens when people consecrate themselves unto the lord you want to see miracles you want to see signs you want to see wonders step out of the norm and say lord i'm searching and i'm chasing after you and i want to see you do something in my life. Consecration and the commitment to the consecration releases the power and the presence of God. And it brings us to the issue of spiritual identity. And I have two questions I want us to answer in the next few minutes. And the first question is, do we truly understand who we are? Just look at somebody and say, do you know who you are? Hallelujah. And do we recognize the power that is attached to our identity as a believer? Let me just say this. You don't have to have a title to be powerful in the kingdom of God. Oh, God, deliver us from this spirit of titles. Everybody got to have something in front of their name in a search for Oh, God, validation. Everybody got to have something attached to them. Everybody. And that's why you've got these dime store bishops, oh, God, and these overnight apostles. Come on, somebody. No works, no proof. Oh, God, I, this is not in my notes. You get this for free. Oh, God, but because they think that gives them greater validation, they want somebody to call them something. You know what? Long ago, I learned to divorce myself, oh, God, from titles. Yeah, I got one, and people call me bishop. Oh, God, but you know what I want? I just want to be a man of God. Oh, hallelujah. I, it doesn't really matter if you call me bishop, pastor, elder, district elder, or just reg. As long as what's attached to that is that I'm a man of God. Rather than having these titles, I'd rather have the anointing because there's a lot of empty titles running around in church. Folk got all these robes and all these crosses. Y'all ain't saying nothing. All this regalia, all this paraphernalia, and no power. I'd rather wear boudins and brogans but have the anointing following my life. Oh God, there's no power in a robe. There's no power in a cross except the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no power, oh God, in all the theatrics, but God give me somebody that knows how to pray. God give me somebody that knows how to seek God's face. God give me somebody that knows how to humble themselves and labor for God. That's where the anointing is. anointed but so little to be anointed I'm going to say it again 
We're doing so much to look anointed. Oh, God. If anointing is attached to a look, all you need is a credit card. Come on, somebody. And boom, instant anointing. Folk put on a robe and start walking different. Because they think there's something about their robe that gives spiritual efficacy. Oh, God. But preacher, it ain't the robe. Come on, somebody. Mother is not the white dress. And it's not even the black dress with that little white pilgrim collar. Oh, hallelujah. What it is, is have you spent time with Jesus? What it is, have you sacrificed on the altar before Jesus Christ? What it is, have you spent time talking with God? Because that's the anointing. Oh God, and I'm going to say it one more time. I would rather be anointed than look anointed. So if you're looking for somebody that has the look, you might have the wrong preacher. Scroll over to the next service with all the robes and all of the regalia. But if you're looking for somebody that knows Jesus, oh Shatamas if you're looking for somebody that knows how to get a prayer through you're in the right place at the right time and God's about to bless your life somebody throw your hands up shout have your way Lord mm. I promise I'm going to get off of this but some of this some of this ritual and liturgy is a cover for a lack of power. You, you ever heard the phrase overcompensation? And people who lack in a critical area of life overcompensate to get attention. Come on, somebody. So they do dramatic and outlandish stuff just because they want attention. Some of this ritualistic liturgy, and I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to stay here since I'm here, is a cover for a lack of anointing. You don't need, and I'm, I'm not against rituals, but the ritual doesn't bring the anointing. You can put three people together without an order of service, and if they start praying, the Holy Ghost is going to show up in that circle. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus didn't say where the liturgy is, there I am in the midst. He said where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so, you know, that's why as much as I miss the rest of the saints, I'm okay with just us coming to church. Because if just us come together in his name, the Holy Ghost is going to show up in our midst. I know you miss your prayer partner. I know you miss your dancing partner. But if you would open your mouth right where you're sitting, the Holy Ghost will show up right where you are. And the glory of God will fill the house of God. identity it's our identity Jesus said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and then he said I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever 
you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Talking to somebody in here. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I need somebody to get this. This is for somebody. Oh God, you've got a situation in your family, in your home, among your people, but while you're sitting in this house, if you would just take authority in the name of Jesus and say, I bind that attack against my family. I bind that attack against my mother, my father, my son, my daughter, my grandson. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I know it's just me, but I've got the power right where I'm sitting to bind what the devil is trying to do. I go, I came to prophesy to somebody. While you're sitting here, God is working where you send him. Just point your finger. Just point your finger to where you think the person is. Just point your finger to where you think the need is. Just point your finger and say, in the name of Jesus. Whatever you bind, I'll bind. That's what he's saying. Whatever you bind, Jesus says, I'll bind. Whatever you loose, he says, I'll loose. Oh God, Johnny been bound with drugs for 15 years. But if you loosen in the name of Jesus, he's going to call you and say, I don't know why, but I put down the pipe. Oh my God. Oh God, I was tearing. My nephew called me a few days ago and said, Uncle Reggie, I need you to pray with me. Oh God, he was a backslider. Oh God, but I can see the Lord moving in his life. Oh God, when I talked to him last, every other word was this cuss word and that cuss word but somebody prayed for him oh my god and when I saw him angry nothing came out of his mouth but glory to God and he said to me Uncle Reggie I gave my life back to the Lord oh my god I'm talking to somebody you got a backslidden nephew a backslidden niece a backslidden child but before this season is over they're going to call you and say I'm coming back to the Lord oh my God I know they're acting crazy today but there's power in the house of God there's power in the church of God and God's going to speak and God's going to deliver come on put your hands together shout hallelujah Oh God, my time is almost up. But hear the word. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. Anybody in the house got the Holy Ghost? Greater. Somebody shout greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't have time to get to my text, but I came to remind us who we are. We are not the defeated. We are not the broken. We are not the insufficient. We are not the dysfunctional. We are not oh God the dead. We are not the broken. We are not the 
defeat. We are the children of the living God. Where are the saints? Y'all didn't hear me. I said, where are the saints? Where are the saints? Where are the blood wash? Where are the redeemed? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Y'all didn't hear that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Where are the sanctified? Where are the holy? Where are the delivered? Let the redeemed let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Come on, stand. Come on, stand. I'm going to quit. Come on, stand. Oh, God. I don't look like Bishop Lawson. I don't look like Bishop Bonner. I don't look like Bishop Hargrove. But the same anointing that rested on them rests on me. Because no man owns the anointing. The anointing belongs to Jesus. And if you open your heart and open your spirit, he'll put the same anointing in your life. Anybody here want to celebrate the anointing? It's not by power. It's not by might. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, It's there. It's there. Just haul across the aisle. Tell him, do you have the anointing? Answer the question. Oh, Katara. Oh. Ask him again, do you have the anointing? Answer that question. Oh, God. Then we sung a song in the old church. If you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to show some signs. If you've got the Holy Ghost, if you've been blood washed, if you've been delivered, you ought to show. You ought to show. Some signs. Trail, we sung a song when I was a kid. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change. In my life. It's not my clothes. It's not my hat. It's not my shoes. But there's something on the inside. Working on the outside. I ain't gonna lie. This is where I'm traditional Pentecostal. I do not understand a Holy Ghost that doesn't move. We ain't got to do the same thing, but everybody ought to do something. Come on, somebody. We ain't got to do the same thing. Everybody ought to do something because if he's real, 
He's going to manifest himself. Y'all didn't hear that. Y'all didn't hear that. If he's real, he's going to manifest himself. I don't care what you do, but everybody do something right now. Because I feel the spirit moving in our midst. Everybody do something right now. Everybody do something right now. Everybody do something. Y'all know me. I love to preach. I love to teach. But I love it better when the Holy Ghost comes into our midst and starts doing what only the Holy we Ghost We sincerely can. hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.